Hi, I want to welcome you to Make a Difference Monday, where we encourage you to make a difference in yourself, in others, and in the world. I'm Courtney Bullard, the co-founder and executive director of the Pearl House, and today we are joined with Susan Rubio. We're going to be talking about making disciples. So Susan, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Good morning. I love this. Will you tell us just a little bit about yourself? I am a gardener. I'm a reader. I'm a retired English teacher. Ron and I have been married 53 years. Wow. We have three sons and five grandchildren, and none of them live in Memphis with us, uh, which makes us sad. We miss them terribly. Uh, and I'm an eight on the Enneagram, if anyone knows the Enneagram world. And I've lived in the same house for 52 years in a little neighborhood in Memphis, Tennessee. So that's who I am. That's wonderful. Well, Susan, I have been looking forward to today because when I think about making disciples, you uh, are at top of the list. And I want to just ask a few questions with you um, for the ones that are watching and listening to this today. You are a prayer warrior for sure. And so I would love to know, how do you know what to pray for people? Well, I, I would never call myself a prayer warrior. I don't think that's what I am, but I have a deep desire to be an intercessor. So um, I do pray for people. Um, I um, have a prayer board on my refrigerator and I pray when I drive through the city of Memphis for those shuttered houses. I, um, I don't, I'm older now and I don't, my prayer life has changed so much over the years. I no longer have a long list of specifics. Frankly, um, I don't know what to pray for people. Often we don't know what to ask for ourselves. And because of our mobile society, we don't get to know people very well. We don't have long opportunities to engage people. So I don't have a way of really knowing about someone well enough to know how to pray for them. But um, I do know two things, and this is how I intercede. I, um, I think it was Henry Nowen in a book called uh, Life Signs, I believe. He, he talked to him. He defined home as a safe place to grow. And I love that. And um, in today's world, we each need a safe place to grow. And we often don't even find that within our own homes. So I know that every person I meet needs a safe place to grow. And I pray for um, that God's shalom will be on them. And that is, that is just, I pray that... Um, they will have everything in their life that they need uh, to be drawn to him, to be fully human and to, um, to find dignity and to have whatever they need to have his peace and shalom on their life so that they are able to um, recognize that they are in his image and that he is their father. So I know that that comes through growth and a safe place to grow is important. So I pray that for people in whose houses are shuttered as I go through the streets, I pray that over individuals on my street when they walk down the street, just um, I pray those two things, that they'll find home 
somewhere and I want to be home for anyone that I meet, whether it's uh, for two minutes or um, a longer period of time. I'll, I'll tell you the most exciting thing that happened recently. I, I'm getting older, so I know I'm not going to be um, out and about as much. I may get stuck at home for a really long time. And um, the other day, just a stranger was walking down the street and it was a very windy day and he um, stopped to try to light a cigarette behind the bush and um, he wasn't able to get it lit. And so I grabbed my fireplace match and I ran out and I um, said, can I help you, you know? And I was very aware that I wanted my spirit to tell his spirit how precious he is and how much I wanted for him to find God's shalom in his life and how much I wanted God to bring to him a safe place to grow. And, and that was our only encounter it took two minutes and it wasn't, I didn't speak any of that aloud, but I so believe that spirits know spirits and that his spirit knew my spirit at that very moment. And that God was able to use my spirit to his spirit in a powerful way and take him to a different place. And I'll never know that. And I don't need to know that. I don't care to know that, but, um, but that's what I prayed for him. So my work, I think as an intercessor has more to do with that kind of almost non-contact um, unleashing of power, I think. So I don't know if that even makes sense, but um, yeah. That's kind of how I pray for people these days. So you are incredible at pouring into other people, mm -hmm. and investing in their life. And mm -hmm. I really admire that about that. Thank um, you. And I, so I would love for you to share, how do you grow? I'm fed constantly. Um, <clears throat> I'm a school teacher, so I know the importance of lifelong learning, right? So I'm a student. I'm in God's school. I've, I've been in God's school for many, many, many years. And I, you can just write this down, Courtney. Listeners, just write this down. God only teaches three courses. And one course is who I am. One course is who the devil is, who Satan is, who the enemy is. And one course is who and who God is. And that's it. Everything I learn is either telling me something about myself, something about him, or something about the evil one. And I've been in school, God's school, forever, and, and he still teaches me. He still feeds me. He's still such a safe place for me to grow. He's the safest place for me to grow. And so learning about myself has been really ugly. I'm an eight, right? right. If you're an Enneagram student, you do not want to be an eight. You don't want to be a woman who's an eight. Because we're bossy, we're critical, we think we can run the world, we are, you know, so God has just shown me that. I, I can look out a window and not see the beauty, I'll see the dirt, the spots on the window pane, you know. So I, I, he's shown me that about myself over the years, and it's, it's not been pretty. But um, he's shown me about the enemy, always seeking to destroy the good that, is around. He's always seeking to take away the joy of a moment by reminding me of what I should be doing or what I should have done. Or he's always seeking to um, kill and destroy and take away my joy. And and he's taught me that, and he still teaches me that. And um, 
and he teaches me about who he is and who he says he is and he's beautiful and he's so wonderful um the latest lesson he taught me i'm going to read to you because i've copied it and it's beautiful and it's about him so here's what the most recent thing is he taught me isaiah said we wait on the lord for the strength to walk and not faint we trust the Lord to see us through what the Lord did not spare us from. And sure enough, we received the strength to keep going, moving, getting through, to walk and not faint. And if we do faint, if we do fall down, if we become so weary or sad or depleted that we faint and fall down, the Lord we've been waiting on will curl up next to us and lie down beside us until we're ready to get up and go again. That's how good the great God is. God is great way up there where the rain and stars are, and God is good way down here where the pain and scars are. I mean, I just learned that from the most, un I mean, just never could have imagined where I learned it, but he taught me that, he reminded me of that. and. In today's world, a lot of folks are depleted and sad and fallen down. And um, he just reminds us that he doesn't say, get up and go. He lies down with us and waits until we're able to. And then he gives us the strength to get up. And that's who he is. So um, I'm fed by that. Uh, I'm grown by that. And so he feeds constantly. Um, and if I'm have my eyes open and my ears open and I hear it, I, I, I'm growing constantly. So yeah, that's um, it's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, the other thing is uh, I have a morning routine and it's very important to me. It's just a few minutes every morning, but it really is where I'm, I get to start by God reminding me of all of this that you're in school today so when you look at the fire be listening for me you know when you're watching your fireplace when you walk through your garden you know i'm trying to talk to you so listen to me if you um and then i have a life verse that i've had actually put on a little thing here it's my life verse from my Bible that I've had all of my life. And it's Isaiah 50, verse 4, and it has to do with um, awaken me morning by morning to listen as a disciple so that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. I mean, that's the purpose for which we grow. That's why he, um, I think, teaches us is so that we can sustain the weary with a word. And so in the morning, every morning, he reminds me, you're in school today. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> I'm going to show you some stuff, but I'm showing you so that you can sustain the weary with the world. It's a, it's a weary world, and everyone I meet is weary. So, um, you know, I just, um, he feeds me, and I, I think daily. So I get the question a lot where, you know, I share about that. The Lord told me to do this or led me in this direction. Um, I've had the question, well, how do you know it was God speaking to you? How do you know that? And I love for you to share because you're very discerning. Like you are in tune with the Lord and when he's speaking and 
Um, I'd love for you to share that. How, how do you know if it's God speaking? How do you discern that? Okay, well, you do, I don't always know, but I'll tell you what, I'm surely better at knowing now than I was many years ago. So um, you just um, keep on listening. The enemy does an incredible imitation of God's voice. Wow. So I, I, I can't tell you, probably, I'm 72 now, so probably 45 of those years, most of the time we spent, um, I spent thinking it was God's voice, and then he was saying, mm, nope, that wasn't me, hon. Nope, that, sorry, yeah, it was the wrong direction. Um, that was a mistake, you know, because um, Satan does a good imitation. But anytime I, anytime what I'm hearing aligns with who he is, um, and, and if I'm not sure and I run it past someone that I believe is walking as a disciple of God and I can tell them and they can speak into it and I have it confirmed for me, then I can, I trust it and I act on it faithfully if I, if I can make myself do that. And, um, and he always blesses. He either blesses with um, confirmation or he blesses with teaching that it wasn't him or, or something. But, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, that knowing his voice. He says his people know his voice, and I believe, they, I believe we do. I believe part of training us as disciples is this um, he trains us to hear him and to know you know, know his voice and discern the voice of the enemy. Um, Satan, the enemy still just tries to take me down the same way he always has because my hardware, I'm always going to default to critical. I'm always going to default to my mouth being bigger than my, uh, than that my, what I (laughs) I speak a little too quickly. So I'm always going to get in trouble that way. So um, yeah, it's, he's always, this enemy's going to always try to, try to take me down that way but the longer you live the longer you the more you know about yourself you know now sometimes when he tries I just look at him and say you're not getting me that way buddy you're gonna have to find a new route I have already learned I'm not falling for that one so um yeah it's just a matter of walking with it I think for many years so I think too I think about how if you don't spend time with someone then it's not as easy to recognize their voice. Oh. You know, like if I, if right. my dad, my earthly dad calls me, um, I immediately, if I heard him across the room talk, I mean, I, I know that's my dad's voice. I know him. I know his voice. Mm-hmm. I him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing with our relationship with the Lord is that the more time we spend with him, the more, the, the quicker we are then, I think, to recognize that voice. I agree. Definitely. Susan. I just, I could sit here all day with you. I know, I love it. It's but, my favorite subject for sure. Well, you, I, I just, I really look up to you in so many ways. And I see you as always pouring into others. And I'm just curious, and I'd love for you to share with us of how do you do that and do that well when maybe you're not able to meet in person with, mm. how do you still pour into someone's life and do it well? Boy, and isn't that a, a subject for today's world? And it's not going anywhere. The world has just changed a little bit in the last year. So um, I'd, let me just say that time and space 
are limitations of the physical world. They're not limitations of the spiritual world. God doesn't, time and space, it's just geography. Whether I'm here, whether I'm there, whether I'm on the phone, whether we're in person, those are constraints that we have, that our physical um, lives are defined by, but not our spiritual lives. So how long does it take to speak into someone's life about the faithfulness of God? Not long. How, do you have to be face-to-face to hear someone's spirit remind you of what you needed to know that very moment? Not really. So because we have us, we really live in an unseen world, the unseen world is really more real than the seen world. So when we have a conversation over Zoom or over the telephone, or um, even if it's just for a few moments, encouragement occurs. And we're just so blessed to have technology now that keeps us connected with people all over the world. Well, I want to say a huge thank you for being here today. Oh, you're welcome. All the things that you shared um, will bless many. And I pray that this will be a blessing to all of you listening, all of you watching. Thank you for listening to Make a Difference Monday. If you would like to learn more about how you can make a difference, visit thepearlhouse.org.